Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 46, and I'm drinking Underbird. As a listener to the podcast, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I've been planning to cover Underberg since I was reminded of it in the book Amaro by Brad Thomas Parsons. I have to actually credit that book with inspiring me in large part to create this podcast. Amaro often have great stories to tell, and Underberg is a great example of this. So, Underberg is a German herbal digestif. It's intended to be consumed after a large meal to aid in digestion. The most unique thing about Underberg is it is packaged and sold only in a 20 milliliter small bottle. It is 44% alcohol by volume, making it 88 proof. And depending on how you buy it, you'll end up paying about $2 per bottle, thereabouts. Uh, That's retail. You'll pay more in a bar for sure. I have a three-pack box, and I'm going to go ahead and open it. It's shrink-wrapped. The packaging tells you where to grab, so I'm going to open this up get actually to one of the bottles inside. And then the package has a little zipped strip on top. So let's open that up. And there inside, oh, I can even, I can smell it just opening the box. That's interesting. There are three little individually wrapped bottles. Oh, and it came with a collectible rewards, so more on that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, so every bottle is individually wrapped in straw-colored paper. I'm going to open the paper on one of them. Notably, the label is applied to the outside of the straw paper wrap, which is then glued to the brown glass bottle. So I'm going to tear the paper, get to the bottle inside. and you can tear it all the way down to the label exposing the whole neck. The neck of the bottle, and it's a brown glass bottle, is faceted, it's a hexagon shape. I'd have to count the sides, maybe it's more octagon. Uh, But it has Underberg molded into the neck. I should also mention the outside of the box on the front. It features a life-size bottle of Underberg unwrapped at the top, and also this green fairy herbal lady. It's a blonde woman floating above a green mountain and green meadow, uh, either catching or throwing to the bottle a big arch of various herbs. The box also includes nutrition facts, which is rather nice. There's 50 calories per bottle. All right, but without further ado, let's go ahead and open this bottle and drink it. So a little tiny cap, let's take it off. It doesn't even like, well, I guess since it's wrapped in paper, it's not a, um, you know, a tamper-proof cap. It just screws right off, so it doesn't like click off like you would have on another one. I do have my Glencairn, and so I will pour this tiny bottle into the Glencairn. Here we go. It's a really small mouth, so it kind of comes out eyedropper effect a little bit. Took a little bit to pour. And for all my tastings on this podcast, I taste using a clean Glencairn, which is a whiskey nosing glass. 
Underberg notably should be consumed from a glass, while a lot probably is drank straight from the bottle. My pouring it into the glass, the really small mouth, it takes some time for the air to get into the bottle and let the liquid come out. So it is recommended that you drink it all in one go and drink the contents quickly. Actually, the box says, Underberg, it is not a beverage and should not be sipped but taken all at once because of its strong herbal taste. Underberg is so sure that you should drink it from a glass, they have their very own glass specifically designed for Underberg, and I'll talk more about that in just a bit. I, however, will nose it and sip a little bit and tell you what I think. In the glass, it's a dark burnt amber color, on the nose, it's rather potent. I mentioned I could smell it when I opened the cardboard box, and that's probably just from the fact that it's the spirits around when it's being packaged. But let's give it a proper nosing. Hmm. It's herbal, but there's a, a spicy uh, clove, I think, is the note that comes through. It gives it a, a Christmas spice sense. Let me try it again. Yeah, very herbal. You can feel a bit of the ethanol, so it's you can tell it's alcoholic. This is being 44% alcohol, makes it 88 proof. All right, let's go for a taste, and I will not shoot the whole thing back. I want to get the flavor experience. Even though they warn you, uh, it has a strong herbal taste. Let's give it a try. Ooh. <laughs> That's fiery. Ah, and it's not just the uh, alcohol, it's spicy. It is bitter, uh, and it's dry. There's no sweetness to it. Really strong, pronounced licorice or aniseed flavor. Ooh, it's hot, though. <clears throat> let, me, let me try another taste on the palate. Medicinal licorice, bitter, and a fiery kick. Maybe a hint of orange zest, though, to it. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of when I was a kid around Christmas time. For whatever reason, this was a craft we would do. We'd take cloves and stick them into an orange or a tangerine and use these as a decoration on a Christmas tree. And that's really what it tastes like. There's the clove, and it might be the clove oil that kind of burns a bit. And there's a hint of orangeness to it, but strong licorice or anise flavor up front. So now on to the history. The story of Underberg starts on the founder's wedding day. On June 17th, 1846, Hubert Underberg married Katharina Albrich. And again, I apologize for my mispronunciation of German. Uh, but Hubert was 29 years old when he was married in 1846. On their wedding day, the couple founded the company Hubert Underberg Albrich in Rheinberg, part of Germany. I'm certain my wife would not have wanted to found a company on our wedding day, but I suppose it's one way to further cement a union. This company founding was probably pre-planned, though, as Underberg says the herbal digestive was launched after many years of careful development. 
In fact, Hubert had been aware of an herbal elixir made in the Netherlands and Belgium that was mixed with Geneva. And it was an imprecise mix, done by eye and varied based on who was mixing it. Hubert was said to be annoyed with this variation and decided he'd make a goal of creating his own drink that was consistent, with the motto of Semper Idium, or always the same quality and effect. The careful selection of herbs and consistent production process is attributed with Underberg's success. Always sold as a digestive aid, it's positioned to be a healthful product, more medicinal than a distilled spirit consumed for enjoyment. And Underberg found early success with advertising and through winning medals at world expositions in London, Paris, and Philadelphia. Five years after launch in 1851, the bottle's design was registered with the Commercial Court of Krenfeld, an early form of legal protection prior to trademarks being recognized. Around 1867, after a world exposition in Paris, Hubert Underberg worked with glass artisans from Murano, Italy to design the special glass that's still the preferred serving glass for the spirit. The glass is very tall, with the capacity to hold 2 centiliters or 20 milliliters, the size of a single serve of Underberg, and it's said the glass was designed in this way to stand above other beverages on a table to present Underberg in a good way. It's also open at the top so you can get the aromas before you drink it. But the most recognizable feature of Underberg is the fact that it's only sold in the 20 milliliter bottles, wrapped in paper with a label on the outside of the paper. How this came about is a two-stage affair. It's known that the look of the bottle was very important to the brand with the early legal registration. Underberg was bottled in large 70 centiliter or 700 milliliter bottles into the first part of the 1900s. In the late 1800s, it was apparently common practice for bottles of spirits to be wrapped in newspaper for transport and delivered in wooden crates. This was before plastic and cardboard, so newspaper was an effective packing material. Recognizing this was how the product was being distributed, Hubert Underberg took to wrapping his bottles from the factory in straw-colored paper and applying the label on the outside so that a restaurateur could easily find an Underberg bottle in his cellar. Counterfeit or refilled bottles were a problem as well, and this is still a concern today for many distilled spirits. It was only a few years ago that stories about lethal, illegal spirits being refilled in top-shelf bottles at Mexican resorts was a real problem for Mexico's tourism industry, and Underberg battled with this problem with their large bottles. After the Second World War, Underberg discontinued all sizes except the 20 milliliter size. This single serve prevented refilling and counterfeiting was stopped through aggressive legal protections. Plus, the unique single serve size ensured the consumer was always getting the real deal Underberg with each purchase. The paper wrapping also protects the liquid from light intrusion, extending its shelf life. Production stopped for a decade due to lack of raw materials from 1939 until 1949 when Underberg was relaunched by Emil Underberg, grandson of the founder, in the single-serve only bottles. In the new era of mini-bottles only, Underberg leaned into advertising. They had used it to good effect prior to the war when they stopped production, but post-war they really got to it. They had a helicopter with a giant mini-bottle strapped to it that was used for promotional purposes. But in the 1970s, they introduced their jingle in German TV ads that is still in heavy use today. In fact, as of the time of this recording, there is a video on the homepage of Underberg featuring the jingle. The jingle begins with, 
Komm doch mit auf den Underberg, or loosely translated to Come with me to Underberg. It's set to a very recognizable tune, the Colonel Bogey March, which was composed in 1914 by a British Army bandmaster. A countermarch version of the song was used in the 1957 film The Bridge on the River Kwai. And for American children of the 80s like myself, the Colonel Bogey March was used in a scene from the classic movie The Breakfast Club from 1985. Underberg picked up the tune in the 1970s and have used it with their lyrics ever since. Branding has always been important to Underberg, and in 2002 they launched their Tops and More program, which is a loyalty program. This is what the small pack-in I was surprised to find in the box entails. You collect the small green caps from the bottles of Underberg, and you can exchange them for rewards. Uh, you can get a Underberg glass for only 96 tops. So you've got to drink 96 bottles of Underberg to earn enough to get one glass. You can get a laser engraved glass for 144 tops. Beyond the glasses, one of the common items that you can get from the loyalty program is the Underberg Herbal Truck. It's a little green truck that holds uh, bottles, I think six or nine, in the back of it of Underberg. So it's a little way to display your uh, brand that you like because you've, you've had uh, 288 <laughs> caps it takes to get one truck. So that's a lot. But the one item I may save up for, or simply buy on eBay, is the Underberg belt. It's a leather belt. I'm not sure when it was introduced, but it's been around for decades at least. And it holds bottles of Underberg in little slots, kind of like bullets in a belt. And while advertising for Underberg shows this belt worn on the waist, I've always seen it slung over the shoulder like a bandolier full of Underberg-like rifle cartridges, often sold by attractive bar staff while serving drinks. Clever marketing, all of this, that fits perfectly with the unique packaging of Underberg. The Tops and More loyalty program has been very successful. In a 2011 interview with Marketing Intelligence Review, Dr. Herbertine Underberg Ruder, the fifth generation president of the board of Underberg AG, was quoted as saying that an Underberg cap is returned every three seconds as part of the Tops and More program. And that was a decade ago. I'd hazard to guess they're doing better than that now. She also admitted in the interview that they realized a 100% markup on Underberg compared to their closest competitor. No matter what brand, our price is always more than double. So, Underberg is a premium product. While inexpensive per unit, the cost per liter of liquid is very high. Though Underberg is only available in 20 milliliter bottles, you can buy the bottles in multiple ways, like the three pack I purchased, in 12 packs, collectible tins, even cases. Underberg has also promoted a way to order an Underberg with a hand signal. It's on the box and featured in advertising to be reinforced. You just hold your hand in a fist, but with your thumb and index finger spaced as if you were to hold a bottle of Underberg between your fingers. This is the recognized sign for a waiter or bar staff to bring you an Underberg. May work more or less depending on your venue, but in Germany, I bet wait staff would know what you meant. Wrapping up the history of Underberg, they have avoided brand extension. This is unlike Kleiner Fiegling, another German spirit that I featured in episode 34. It's also sold in single-serve 20 milliliter bottles in multi-packs, no less. Kleiner Fiegling has multiple flavors, and you can get it in large bottles too. Underberg sticks to just the single flavor digestive 20 milliliter. 
And Underberg is still family-owned since 1846, but the company owns many other brands, notably a German brandy named Aschbach. The Underberg company has grown by sticking to the branding of Underberg and growing in separate products in the spirits business without association with the Underberg name. So let's talk about how it's made. Of course, it's a secret family recipe, as most quality spirits are uh, that are flavored. It's a secret recipe. And it's still made by the Underberg family today. And while this may be a bit of marketing polish, it's said family members personally weigh out the herbs for the blend that go into the Semper Ideum process that means always the same quality and effect. This is purportedly a hot maceration in distilled water and neutral alcohol. Then the blend is aged for a period of months in Slovenian oak casks. It's then presumably brought to a consistent proof and bottled in the signature 20ml bottles. Underberg also touts their quality control steps on their website, including lab tests for herbs prior to maceration, along with quality assurance steps throughout production. They keep the recipe secret, but the process appears to be pretty straightforward. One last note on production. It is said that it is made with herbs from 43 countries. It doesn't say there are 43 herbs. It says there's herbs from 43 countries. And it does list gentian as one of the ingredients from that genus. But there's a lot of types of gentian, but it's most likely the common gentian that's used as a bittering agent. Ingredients are listed on the packaging, and it says it's water, alcohol, natural flavors from herbs and roots of the genus Genshina. All right, let's move on to cocktails and consumption. First off, this is not a beverage, so they say. They tell you to drink it from the Underberg glass if you have it, but certainly from a glass for sure. A lot of Underberg is probably drank straight from the bottle, but when I was pouring, this is not a very efficient way because of the small mouth of the bottle. You can't get it all in one shot very easily. And while it's not a beverage, the box, however, does say it can be used as a flavoring. So, okay, that says you can mix it. With the hygienic neck of the bottle, it can be used as a garnish in a drink. And I found a really interesting cocktail called the Iceberg. It's a frozen tequila-based drink with Underberg mixed in, served with an empty bottle upside down in the drink as a garnish. And I guess with a clean neck, that's sanitary. I'll share the recipe in show notes. So in summary, what do I think of Underberg? It's fiery from a flavor standpoint. Uh, as I've been recording this episode, I'm thinking that it's mainly clove oil is what gives it the spice, the heat. A lot of uh, licorice and anise, but uh, after I drank it, it did kind of wake up my digestive juices. So I think it has the desired effect of being a digestif or a digestivate. Also, the marketing and branding is top-notch. I mean, their loyalty program, they've got worldwide fans, the ploy to get you to collect the caps, and a lot of them just to get rewards. That is powerful powerful brand loyalty that any company would be the envy of. So hats off to Underberg. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The shows on social media, Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. I really love hearing from my listeners, so please leave me your feedback. And as always, Thank you for listening.